Hello and welcome to the Total Clarity Podcast. I'm Mike Varley. And I'm Jesse Hyatt. And this week we had a little snafu with our podcast planning. We were supposed to have some guests on to talk about Seinfeld. Things got a little messed up with holiday plans and travel and whatnot. So we've switched things around. And this week instead, Mike and I are going to discuss our halfway through the project talk. And then next week, we'll come back with a special Seinfeld episode for all of you who've been waiting for that. If you've been excited about it, sorry for the delay. Hopefully, this time waiting only makes you even more excited. And uh, I think it'll be worth it. So. Yeah, absolutely. We could have done it just the two of us, but we thought it would be a lot more fun with a third guest. So we figured we'd flip things around because we had always intended the subsequent episode to be a halfway episode because we are halfway through with the project. You can barely believe it. That's right. 26 weeks, 25 weeks right now, but you know, who's counting at this point? I guess well, we, we are, are consistently. We definitely are. But we are 25 weeks through the week that was supposed to be the walk. What? Well, I just didn't realize that 26 weeks in would be the halfway point to our, and it's 26. And every day we're walking 26.2 miles. I didn't yeah. put that together till right now. Yeah. It's not hard math, but. Yeah, there's some numerology at play here. Yeah. Okay, go on. Yeah. So our walk next week is actually what our test walk was, which is natural Manhattan, which is what we did back in October of. Yeah, of 2019. I guess, yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Which <laughs> That was the walk that some some people maybe that are listening were on that walk or were invited. We did that marathon length walk as a test walk where we knew what it was a test for. No one else knew. We just invited people to join us for a marathon length walk around the city. Yeah. So it, yeah, it was, was a test for this project. Yeah, and that was a really fun day and we got to hit up the shorelines on both coasts which is something we've already kind of talked about a little bit. So not super uh, feel like we're missing out on anything as a consequence of skipping it. But I did want to call it out as to um, what the theme was because it was a special walk to us because it made us realize that we were able to do it. Yeah, it's yeah. true. And, um, and one thing just to note about our next week's walk as we're talking about it is that we have been in touch with the Murray Hill Neighborhood Association, and we are going to be meeting with someone from there to get a little tour and learn some of the history about that neighborhood. And I'm excited about that. That'll be an extra addition to our walk that we already know a little bit about. So yeah. check the Instagram for updates on that. And it may snow a lot next week, which yeah. could be a thing that we'll be talking about in a couple of weeks. So for all you people that are listening a year in the future to this halfway episode, you can probably just skip everything we've just said, although you couldn't have if you're hearing this right now. But we will probably have a couple of interesting things to talk about from the coming up week, and we'll make sure to sneak them in whenever we have the opportunity yeah, to. definitely. Um, yeah, so it's also one of our every five week updates on our mileage traveled. So Jesse's done the past couple, and now it's my turn to surprise her with some distance that we've traveled. I'm so excited. Hit me. So, uh, for those that have not heard this before, the idea is the equivalent 
city we could have traveled to from New York with the mileage we walk. So we've actually reached kind of a, a place where we'll be going as the crow flies now. So you'll have to imagine a magical bridge that goes from city to city. Yeah. Because... Well, we've crossed the continent. Woohoo! Yeah. Wow. And uh, yeah, we may have to do if we want to travel into South America, we may have to get a little creative with the research because Google, after Mexico, doesn't recognize traveling by car or by uh, foot. What? Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. That's bizarre. I, I guess just because there's too many passport issues or maybe it has something to do with covid i, I don't think so but that's so weird oh i'm i feel like we should look into that later yeah that's so interesting. or maybe someone knows can someone tell us yeah <laughs> we have a lot to do <laughs> <laughs> so again you're gonna hear some as the crow flies and some walking ones week 21 mm -hmm. this is not a surprise because we got pretty excited about it when it actually happened but it's worth reiterating week 21 is from New York to Los Angeles. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that. Which... That was I, exciting. That was fun. It That's was exciting. It, people that are following along found it exciting. I definitely think there's something that's very accessible about the idea of New York to Los Angeles yeah. to people's heads to really, really click it in. I think we talked about it a little bit then, too, but I'm not sure, so I'm going to repeat it. But... I think there's also this, that's a common thing for people to actually do, is to walk across the country. Mm -hmm. A lot of long distance walkers will do either a walk across the country or bike across the country or run across the country. It's like a very, I mean, not very popular as in like everybody does it at some point in their life, but like people that want to do some sort of like feat of strength thing, they'll walk across the country. Right. I'm already referencing Seinfeld. It's in my head this week. <laughs> Didn't mean to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. So that's week 21. Week 22. Quito, Ecuador. Oh. The capital of Ecuador, oh. which, to be honest, I was scrambling around to try and figure out some cities. I haven't thought much about that city before hmm. and spent just a little bit of time getting some background on it and it sounds like a really cool city yeah i actually have thought about that city quite a bit i have a our good friend um hannah i think that's where she was going a couple years in a row mm -hmm. i guess she can correct me if i'm wrong but <laughs> <laughs> um and i think i had another friend that was from there but tell me what did you find yeah so for those that aren't familiar with it such as myself it is up in the Andes Mountains. Mm -hmm. The elevation's around 9,300 feet above sea level. 9,300. So, Ooh, that's high. Yeah, it's high. Thin air. Yeah. So I don't know if we would be prepared to walk around there the same way we're prepared to walk around here. No, we wouldn't. The uh, <laughs> It has a, a foundation of, you know, Incan heritage, mm -hmm. which is always fascinating to me. I think of, you know, because Incan, Mayan, and Aztec kind of all are lumped together as far as our education but mm -hmm. I, I mean they're different culturally and different historically time period wise yeah and that uh you know that the european settlers came through when the incan empire was still in existence you know okay so there is incan city uh like architecture as well as uh 
just like uh, Spanish architecture and uh, Moorish architecture. And oh, so there's a lot going on in terms of how the city looks. Mm. There's also archaeological sites dating back to 8000 BC. There are obsidian knives that, that are there, glass knives. So like wow. we're talking 10,000 years ago, there were people living in that area. That's so, cool. Yeah. So wow. I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of energy, a lot of a lot of power in yeah. the area. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just it sounded like a, a cool place to visit. Maybe we'll go sometime. Yeah, I'd like to go sometime. Yeah. We could have gone. We could have if there was a magic bridge that. Oh, this from... one is one that needs a bridge. Yes. OK, well, we wouldn't have been able to really make it, but. Well, because also, yeah, we would have had to go through all of Central America and whatnot. I don't, right. I don't know exactly right. how long it is there. Maybe sometime when we can fly again, we'll fly. Yeah. So next one is one that we could walk to. Oh, what's that? This is week 23. This is the first time we've officially cracked 3,000 miles. Okay. Although we wouldn't have needed 3,000 miles to get there. Oh. We would have had some to spare. Okay. It's Vancouver, Canada. Oh. Oh, you were there. Yes, I've been there once before. I enjoyed it quite a great deal. I'd, I'd like to go back with Jesse at some point. Yeah. I went there for a video game conference before I left my job. You got some clothes there that we wore on our walk. No? Yeah. I definitely got some clothes there. Whether or not I wore it on the walk or not, I can't recall offhand, but oh. that seems possible. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And yeah, super clean city from what I gathered. Mm -hmm. Stanley Park, which is this tremendous park in the area that you can ride bikes around and it juts out into the water and you can see all the various islands around Vancouver. Very beautiful. That's the park you were telling me about when we were walking on the park in Queens near College Point. That's right. Uh, near, near Flushing Bay. That's correct. I forget what that park's called. Yeah, I forget it offhand as well. But you did, when we went, entered that park, you said, wow, this reminds me of a park in Vancouver. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So in 23 weeks, we could walk there. Yeah. Or we could just fly. Or we could just walk to Queens. Yeah. <laughs> we have a, I don't know if anybody's ever seen the show Kidding. It is the Jim Carrey show where he plays this Mr. Rogers-esque character that's kind of just on the edge of sanity. Great. Highly recommended. Yeah. Uh, really, really, really good show. Really good. Um, he's not a serial killer when I say edge of sanity it kind of maybe suggests no. that but he's just he's got a lot of suppressed emotions that he's dealing with that yeah. creates this character that can interact with kids in this magical way but also has an inability to really interact with adults in a proper way anyway I saw Kidding on the plane to Vancouver when I was going to this conference and I was able to watch the entire season, because it had already been out, on the flight over to Vancouver. So there's since been a second season that's come out. And we have binged both of the uh, seasons. And we refer to it as going to Vancouver. It's true. It's so, good. Yeah. You can, if you watch the whole thing, you can go to Vancouver. That's right. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. You watch it all in one sitting, though. That's how you go to that's Vancouver. That's how you go to Vancouver. You can't go to Vancouver if you don't watch the entire thing all at once. Yeah. So that's week 23. Week 24, another as the crow flies situation, Dublin, Ireland. Oh, wow. Yeah. That seems farther. That seems farther than I would think. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, I was definitely aiming for a lot of other European cities, seeing what you could do. Yeah. And you 
if whoever takes on this task next time will have access to more European cities. But this is really um, one of the only ones that fell within our range. I think I couldn't remember if Lisbon may have been a little too far still mm. and Reykjavik or however the Iceland, okay, yeah. uh, that was too short. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So Dublin, Ireland is what we settled on. Wonderful. Yeah. I actually need to contact some people in Dublin, Ireland because <laughs> I have my oh, yeah. foreign born uh, citizenship uh, through Ireland. I, I applied for my certificate, certificate of foreign birth a number of years ago. The certificate has since disappeared, unfortunately. Yeah. And I presume that this is documented somewhere. I hope so. I would, I would imagine so, because it was a, a, quite a, a task of paperwork assembly and probably wouldn't be possible now. Yeah. Let's talk about that for a second, though, because I don't know if everyone knows what that means. But in Ireland, if you are... A grandparent grand or less removed. Yeah. You can apply for foreign-born Irish citizenship. And I think the reason for that, when I was in Ireland the last time, I read a little fun fact that there are four to two to one ratio, sheep to cows to humans mm -hmm. in Ireland. Mm -hmm. So like they want more people. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> the, uh, the, the Irish diaspora is a real thing. Mm -hmm. There was, you know, a long period of suffering as uh, being subjugated by the English people and, mm -hmm. and the famine and uh, so yeah my grandfather actually came over a hundred years ago this year yeah so not not too long November 12th 1920 20. so yeah so I applied for it back when uh, all of my aunts and uncles and every, all the relatives were still alive so it was easy to acquire these things and since that time, apparently, I called up the Irish consulate in New York City is only open for like three hours a week. And they basically don't help with anything anymore except for Irish people that are trapped in the United States for some reason, I think. Oh, So the foreign-born process is now handled exclusively in London. So, or London, in Dublin. In Dublin. So I... Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be like. I, it took me long enough to get the phone call in at the right hours for the New York office, and I still wasn't able to talk to a person. It was all automated. Even like It's automated during the hours that you can call in and then not automated the other hours. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I guess <laughs> if I had like pretended I was an Irish citizen, citizen like caught here, yeah. then I could have talked to somebody. But then Right, but you're not. Yeah, I know. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm going to have to call up Dublin at some point and okay. see, see what's up with that. Yeah, or we could just walk there, I guess. Yeah, we could walk there in 24 weeks if there was a magic bridge. It's an option. Yeah. And Luck of the Irish. We could walk on a rainbow. That's right. Okay, next. So that's, that's 3,144 miles by our accounting. Okay. And 3,176 miles by Dublin. So we get a little extra. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. You're cheating, I think. No, I'm not. I oh, can't okay. read from here. Okay. Because the final week... Yeah, what is it? It's uh, themed. Oh. oh well, let me see if I... It's seasonal. You can walk to winter? And think about that. Follow that path. Follow that train of thought for a second. Is it Russia or something? Is it somewhere very cold? 
Seasonal. Seasonal. 3,275 miles of walk time. The North Pole. That's right. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was joking. That's right. We're right around the Christmas season. Wow. And in 25 weeks' time, we could have walked to the North Pole. It's 3,245 oh miles away. Well, that would have been nice. Would have been something. You're <laughs> only allowed Santa. where you're, the boats only go to the North Pole in June and July, although you can okay. orchestrate some sort of, I guess if you have enough money, you can do anything. Yeah. But probably it's Is this. it kind of like how in Antarctica they have like 18 people that live there in the cold seasons to do research and you can like I go as a I don't think there's actually like land like there is in Antarctica. I don't. Oh, I, there's not. Yeah, it, I mean, I, I don't. I know next to nothing about this, but I, I got the impression that there's like, it's not as, there's not a settlement in the same way that there is in Antarctica. Is there a pole? <laughs> like, I saw. There, I saw a picture. Is there like anything? I saw a picture. It, or is it just like a part of the a, ocean? It. There, there's a picture that somebody put up that looked like a Christmas card, but I don't. I don't think that there is like a formal thing. And also it moves. And it's icy. It must be icy and like yeah. on water, right? Yeah. It moves. The pole moves apparently. Like the magnetic center of the earth oh, that, moves. Okay. And there were some huh. there were some articles that I saw that were like, this is troubling because it's moving. And I was like, okay, well, what isn't troubling about the poles? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're up there and we're screwing up somehow. So Yeah. So yeah, so that's it. Wow. Wait, so what's that distance? The distance that we have walked is 3,275 miles. Okay. And the distance that it is away is 3,245 miles. Okay. Yeah. So that's that. That's really great information. Thank you. Yeah. And we will be... I can't believe we could have walked to the North Pole. That just seems so far away. I mean, it is far away. It's six months worth of our life away, walking 131 miles a week. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess when you put it like that, it's still just, it seems like you would never make it to the North Pole. Like, yeah. it seems like you would never be able to get there. Well, you really can't without a boat. But of course you can't, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Thanks for finding all those places. I, I'm going to do it next week. I have one that I've been wanting to say since we started. And every week that we do this, I write it down to see if it matches up. And I thought it was gonna match up this week and it doesn't yet, so. When does it match Stay up? Stay tuned. I don't know, next week. Okay. Or not next week, but like next five bunch. Okay. I think. Great. <laughs> so stay tuned. So yeah, so we thought it would be nice to do a midway assessment of what we've done so far. Yeah. And we kind of separately went and did some writing as to what thoughts we want to have. I kind of structured it more as just being able to talk about the big chunks of the of the project. Okay. And I don't know if you have more specific ideas. Yeah, or... some. Okay. So, you know, there are, we, we have the three big uh, aspects, which are the walking, the podcast, and the clothing. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe we could just go through each of those. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. And work from there. Yeah. Which one do you want to start sounds with? Great. 
let's talk about the walking. I mean, let's talk about the walking first. Okay. That's the main thing we're doing. That's true. I've definitely, I think when we were first starting this project, the walking, the podcast, and the clothing all felt like equal thirds. Mm-hmm. And now I definitely feel like the walking is the main. It's like the big red part of the gobstopper, even though that's actually quite small. It's like the big center okay. of the project. And then the podcast kind of like just encircles that. Uh-huh. And then the clothing is like in there with the walking almost. Okay. Does that make sense? Sure. So what have you what are you thinking about the walking? Well, I'm thinking about a couple of different things. I mean, there's the physical aspect of it. There's the information that we're taking in. There's the understanding of the geography. So starting with that, I do feel like my understanding of like where things are and how the city relates to itself has changed a lot. Like, I feel like I've, I have a much better understanding of all of that distances Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. locations and sort of like, especially when I'm trying to orient myself, I feel like I have, I still, I mean, still like within our apartment, I can't tell you where anything is outside. But <laughs> when we're actually out there, I can really picture the maps. And now that we've actually walked all these so many streets and from neighborhood to neighborhood, I have a much better understanding of where things are. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been in Manhattan these past couple of weeks, and I feel like Manhattan's actually the easiest one to master. Yeah. And yeah, I've definitely started feeling like the entirety of the island has shrunk. Yeah, well, not, that's a, that's actually a good point. Like the other day when we were on 116th Street and where we realized that, oh, we can just walk home from here. It really does feel like, oh, we can just walk home from here. Like it's not, it doesn't feel that far. It feels like, well, I'm just going to get through Manhattan and then cross that bridge and then we are in Brooklyn and then we're basically home. Yeah. So. Which is 13 miles. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a half marathon. Yeah. But, yeah, there's something about just, like, knowing every spot that makes it feel like we're not too far away. Yeah. And then also, I mean, Manhattan, I felt like I knew pretty well ahead of time. And, and yes, definitely understanding it even better. But, like you said, it is an easy one to master because it's mostly a grid. And even the neighborhoods that aren't a grid, like, they're not huge and they still make sense in relation to the rest of the island but queens and brooklyn i feel like i'm getting a broader understanding of too and that i never like it never really had much of a reason to go to a lot of these neighborhoods and especially wouldn't be walking through the other neighborhoods to get there or even taking public transportation often because public transportation isn't really great in the outer boroughs yeah to link them together, at least. It's all, like, goes to the main hub, which is the city. Yeah. So that's been... I feel good about that. I like that I'm starting to understand better 
where all these outer neighborhoods are in relation to each other and in relation to me and sort of what they look like and what they have to offer, what type of people are there and like what types of parks and where it is in relation to the water and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I think, yeah, just the more that we're there. We've been to Queens now two of the three times, two of the three months that we're planning on visiting, and it now feels much smaller than the Brooklyn idea, but we'll have two more cracks at Brooklyn, so yeah. that'll get smaller as a consequence, too. And Right. Yeah, I... It, it is interesting to what feels like almost home grows more and more as you become more familiar with the ways that we travel to home. Right. That's true. So. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to, I mean, I, I feel like I am getting this understanding of the whole city, and but we haven't even been to the Bronx yet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we still, we won't be there until the spring and... Purely just because it's a long, it's a much longer distance for us to get there. Yeah. There isn't an option to walk to and from, so we are going to have to stay out there like Staten Island. Mm -hmm. But I'm really looking forward to that. I feel like as much as I'm getting to know Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and we've already done Staten Island, there's still, even within that, still more to learn and more to see. And then, yeah, getting our final fifth borough will be really nice. Yeah. And then as far as the physicality aspect of it, it has been interesting to see the progression of our bodies from the first six to eight weeks of pains and adjustments to the following six to eight weeks of feeling like there's a command that's being identified of the process. And now it is the akin to any normal aches or pains you might feel from day-to-day -day life. Yeah, I would say it's more for me. Like, I feel like I have, I've gotten like a more regular soreness, like just basic like leg stiffness when I wake up every day but it doesn't it's not like it hurts it doesn't hurt yeah. i know that as soon as i start moving it'll go away it's probably just some sort of like lactic acid buildup or something yeah i don't know maybe <laughs> i mean i definitely hobble around in the mornings yeah. but it's just kind of part of the routine now so exactly not... i do wonder when that's going to go away like when we're done walking how long it's going to take to stop hobbling around in the morning. I don't really think a lot, but I also wonder if how long it will take for us to be cognizant of the fact that we're still doing it if we are. If it's just kind of part of whatever routine is, then like you don't might not notice the routine. I notice it every day. Okay. That I'm a little sore in yeah. the morning. Yeah. And that I like can't really <laughs> just walk with a full stride until I've taken a shower. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've noticed it, but I don't, I, it doesn't, it isn't, uh, I don't notice it as a problem. Oh, okay. Which I don't know why that is, but I don't. That's I good, guess I guess. because it's just I've part of the routine right now. So. 
Um, on that note about just being able to walk, it's something that a lot of people have asked me is how it feels to walk the full marathon now. And I do feel like that I'm totally used to, and I say that, but then I'll notice on some days, like at mile 24, I'm like, oh man, like we got to get home. I'm so tired. Like some days I'll just be so tired or particularly sore or like one part of my body will be aching for some reason. And I don't feel like I have a great handle on why that is. Yeah. Like if it has to do with how much sleep we got the night before or what I've eaten during the day or like, I don't think it has to do much with how much rest because I feel like there's days that we don't even take a break and I'll be fine at the end of the day. Well, most of the days we don't take a break anymore. That's true. Compared to what we were doing at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But. There's so many different factors though. Mm-hmm that I'm not sure when that happens, I can never really tell like what exactly is going on. And it might just be that it's a mental thing that I start to feel tired and I start to feel like, okay, I'm ready to be done with the day. Yeah. And then I just start to like obsess about that or something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think most every day at some point I'm like, I don't really want to do this anymore. Really? But like, whatever. I mean, it's just like, okay, what are you going to do? Walk to the subway? Like, right. like you know, <laughs> I could I could sit down or something, but then it's like, I'm still going to have to walk somewhere. So it's a pretty easy yeah. to ignore thing. It's just like, yeah, okay. I, I hear what you're saying, brain, but right. like, we're just going to keep going. So, and it is, I think, a unique physical exhibition exertion task you know in that i think that my body like if i were to if i were to do running my body would be much more likely to just quit or something but or just other like if i were lifting something very heavy again and again i could see myself walking away but for walking it's like it's just such a part of most humans experiences that it i don't know i mean there i guess the the times that we would have stopped were in the first six to eight weeks when there was like inexplicable pains yeah well i think about like when we very very first started doing these walks all the way back in when we did the walk in california and i remember i mean i've probably said it on this like recorded at some point but there was that one time that I was like Mike is it possible for my thighs to explode like I, I honestly thought my thighs were going to explode and if we didn't have a place that we had to walk to I don't think I would have kept going and I think that that might have been a 20 mile day I don't no even... it was it was a 27 oh, was mile that one, I think the major one yeah. okay but on those walks there were days that we only walked 15 or 18 miles or something like that and at the end of those days I was exhausted Mm -hmm. and I like felt like I could barely make it Mm -hmm. so I do think that we've really trained our bodies to be able to do this and I would think that would happen with other sports like you're saying with running or with weightlifting or something although 
I agree that there's probably like when you when you reach your limit with those things, it's more extreme and you really physically just have to stop. Yeah. Whereas with walking, you can probably just push yourself a little bit further and a little bit further. and Because you can even just go a little bit slower. Like mm-hmm. with running, you can go a little bit slower, but eventually you'll be walking, right. <laughs> not running. Yeah. Um, and with weightlifting, I guess if you can't lift it, you can't lift it. Yeah. Yeah. We met a man, I think this week, around the bathrooms because, you know, that's where we meet people. <laughs> And he, he was snowing. He was wearing oh, sandals. This guy, yeah. He was an Irish man, and we had to use one bathroom because the other bathroom was flooded. So we were both using the women's room. Everybody's using the women's room, and I had on my highly violet hat and jacket. And I went in, and Jesse came out with her highly violet hat and jacket <laughs> on, and she struck up a conversation with the man. He ended up being a marathon runner. Yeah. And but he asked if I was wearing a uniform. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Because of the branding, and I told him what we were doing, and yeah, he's a marathon runner. So. And uh, he was like, uh, "I won't do an Irish brogue." Yeah. Uh, how many marathons have have you done? And we were like, "Oh, 120." And he was like, "Oh, is that all?" And uh, <laughs> and then, you know, I was telling him, I I thought that, like, I I don't run. It it really like it challenges me to breathe, um, in ways that I think. I think are special, but probably aren't. But I, I don't know. I don't know where the truth lies in that. But anyway, it's just very challenging for me to run. But I would think that one of the most challenging things about running a marathon would be an understanding of the distance. And yeah. I think not only would we have an understanding of the distance at this point, but like we would have a unique advantage because it would seem light years faster. <laughs> Like for some that's people true. be like, oh, I have to do this for four hours. And I'd be like, wow, that's a fast day. That's great. We could like go home and have lunch and right. like take a nap. Right. And like then we could re- I could edit the podcast. Like right. I could get so much done with four hours. Yeah. As opposed to right now. I mean, we've settled in basically to 50 hours of walking a week. Yeah. And that's with. That's with like a lot of documentation thrown in there too. I mean, we could yeah. go faster. We could. And yeah. Well, it's interesting like the 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 body uh, strength buildup type or whatever. Like we're we have decided to take longer, go slower. Although we are, we don't walk slow, we walk at a nice pace. But I think it, we do have an understanding of the amount of time it would take or the distance, but to run a marathon would require like all this other physical buildup stuff, like lung, like lung strength, and well, I don't know what else actually. Some sort of like I think it's a different like processing system. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I haven't invested a lot of time in figuring out how to run it only only how to walk it yeah well i just think because there's a couple times that i've kind of run short distances since we've started doing this and i guess i don't have the same running problems that you do but i don't really love running and i feel like i'm a little bit like i feel like my capacity for that has increased a little bit but i guess i don't really know because i haven't tried to run more than like just down the street. Right. 
I'd have to, maybe I should go for like a two mile run and just see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems like a thing that's like on my plate as far as like, I feel like I should have to run a marathon now just because I've walked so many, but I don't know if I'll ever get to it or not. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not really like interested in it. And that's the reason that I feel like I should do it. Mm. Yeah, but, I guess I, we shouldn't like go. Neither of us really even know what we're talking about right now. But I am, I am really curious what the main differences would be. It's just the and like what that process. I think the main is. difference it, is I think breathing. It's just, yeah, it's breathing and the fact that you're putting significantly more stress on your joints because right because it's heavier. You're throwing your body weight and, onto yeah. one foot each time. I don't. Know, it's like two and a half times of the weight or something. And that I'm right. pulling out of nowhere. But I, I seem to recall, like, there is a, a multiplicative yeah. um, consideration that, you know, we don't have to deal with. So Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, so that's the physical aspect. And then as far as, like, the mental aspect, I think the... The walking category is the best place to talk about this idea, which is the amount of perspective we can even hope to have about what we're doing. Mm. We're, we're taking the time right now to talk about it. And I think that this is primarily a value for six months from now, nine months from now, a year from now when we're doing an analysis on the whole thing mm -hmm. because we i'm i'm understanding this more to be we programmed ourselves we we put a bunch of inputs into a system at the beginning of this project and we are now seeing which ones die out and which ones have continued as like important things what right. we decide uh -huh. And just for example, when we, we Thanksgiving several weeks ago, we gave ourselves the opportunity to take four days off. Mm -hmm. And by shuffling around walks, we didn't actually take time off. We just did a little shell game. So we had one, one weekend day prior and one weekend day post. What was supposed to be only one weekend day post. However, the podcast we most recently did the music of Manhattan with Tom Wolfson, the audio, because we were sitting on a bench, was required a great deal of post-fixing because all the audio was bleeding into every other mic. And as a consequence, uh, we had to actually take off an extra day, which again isn't take off. No, we just had to shift the schedule. Yeah, but... The the idea here is that just spending a little bit of time outside of what our norm was of like two days off, you know, one day to edit, one day to make the videos, you know, and just throws off the calibration, which is something I've communicated before, uh, to such a degree that the really the amount the amount of sitting down and, and thinking time necessary to actually process what we're doing is not possible. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, when we started this, we had a conversation about all the things that we were planning. 
and it was very clear that like there will not be time for anything else <laughs> like that our schedule is so jam-packed that like I mean we might be able to fit in a social thing here or there and we can make time for things although we've talked about making time that doesn't exist we can <laughs> we can choose what we want to do with our time but the amount of things that we were committing to at the beginning was going to put us in a position where we would need to basically be on for an entire year and I think there's something about taking those four days off, again, whatever, off. We're still walking five days a week. <laughs> taking four days to rest in a row, in some ways it's really nice because during that time I actually feel rested. But then in other ways it's a little bit not ideal, I think, because when we get back into our routine it like, feels like remember those like those playground toys where it's like this big spinning circle and like a bunch of kids would stand on it mm -hmm. it almost feels like the other kids are still spinning the thing and you're like trying to jump back on and so then for like a couple of rotations you're just like ah yeah <laughs> yeah trying to like throw yourself back into the momentum of it yeah so, because even this week, I've definitely, I mean, we've been kind of like sleeping in a little later and then getting a later start and then going to bed later. And I think just from having four days in a row where we weren't like on schedule and on track, it, it's like taking me a while to get back onto that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening. And having to uh, compensate for the audio. Like we, we did, an, the, I only had allotted one day to do it. And if everything had gone well, that would have been plausible. Mm -hmm. And we could have finished making the videos the Monday after we got home. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we had to make a decision and it, it made me very unhappy uh, because it was basically having to make a choice of what is more important, making sure that the podcast comes out every Tuesday or making sure that the walk that you the walk time that you had planned in advance was in fact the walk time that you were going to do. Right. And ultimately we chose making sure that the podcast comes out on a Tuesday because there was precedent for shifting walk days around. So that's what we did. We it took off a Sunday and a Monday, but it it didn't feel good to do that personally. But, you know, that's a me problem and yeah. a consequence of just what we're doing in this project is um, pretty remarkable. I mean, even though we're, we've normalized it and it's hard to know because also just like trying to be a, a proper level of um, modest and keeping perspective about what we're doing but you know 131 miles a week five days a week people are like well when are you taking time off it's like well we're not and it's yeah. like well what are you talking about you have to you have to take time off or like just all these things where it's like it's not possible and it i mean it it, it we're we're trying to emulate a paper plan in real life which is yeah. 
you know, it's just not possible. And we're we're and we're we're choosing as we go along what's not possible, but we're trying to maintain a high standard of what is possible. Yeah, and you, I mean, I think part of why having to shift things was upsetting to you is because you you hold yourself to an impossibly high standard with like a lot of things, but with this in particular, and that's good, and I mean that's been helpful for me to make it happen, but then when something has to get switched, I think it feels like a failure. Even though it's not, because we still walked those five days, that still happened, you know, you just did the Saturday of the next week instead. And it's purely just like an internal shifting. Yeah. So, I mean, from my perspective, that was perfectly fine. Yep, and it would have been fine not to do the podcast on a Tuesday too, but it's all about keeping standards and trying to, you know, figure out which is, this is what we said at the beginning of the project too. I'm sure this is recorded at some point, but just having an ongoing dialogue with ourselves and with anybody that's listening to try and figure out what integrity means, what it means to maintain a through line of an idea. Mm-hmm. And when there are inevitable problems that arise, how you respond to them is where the integrity lies, not in the actual output. I mean, the output right. is a part, a, you know, a consequence, but it is, it's more about being able to demonstrate that you're thinking about this and this is meaningful to you. Not like, yeah, we just didn't do a podcast that week. I mean, uh, the footage is crappy and I didn't feel like it, you know? Right. Which, honestly, you know, would be okay too if that's what ended up happening if but there's a way to communicate really that our right well if there's standards. a w- if there's a way to communicate that which makes sense which i mean maybe that will happen at some point in the next 26 weeks but it's just like you know we realize this this particular episode wasn't important to us and like we need to focus on the walk which is the primary thing i, I don't know i'm not really yeah. interested in coming up with a scenario for no what that and i'm is, not really but... even saying that that's something that we would find acceptable I'm saying more like, in general, to put something aside because it doesn't meet other standards is acceptable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, but finding like what our specific standards are is just part of the process. Yeah. Well, one thing that's an interesting example that we'll probably talk about at the end of the project too, but the the way that we were planning on doing food changed i mean we were yeah. i mean we had this idea that we were going to be doing every 3 weeks bulk food preparation mm-hmm. which changed for i think several different reasons but now you know now i think about it we had the 4 day weekend for your birthday right. and i wonder if if we hadn't had the 4 day weekend for your birthday because it was the first month of the project if yeah. that had been, if that would have been retained or not, oh, like if maybe. that, if that fell off because of that, I'm not complaining about it. It, it, rel- it like it, it makes sense how yeah. we're doing. Also, no, that's a, it. That does make sense it, though because that was kind of like a break. Yeah, and all, and also, I mean, we went to Staten Island in September, which like further changed things. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, another offshoot was that we are not the same level of tired as as we were kind of 
planning for. Yeah. So it doesn't seem as onerous a task to yeah. do cooking. Well, we had, yeah, I think the plan for the food was multifold. It was, we are going to be so exhausted at the end of every day. We're just going to need to warm something up, eat it, and go directly to bed. And that was the case at first yep. for a couple of weeks. And occasionally that's still the case. If we have a particularly long or strenuous day, that that does happen sometimes. Um, but yeah, I typically have enough energy to do something. Uh, it's helpful to have either some things chopped ahead of time or a couple things prepped, you know, having like pasta or rice available to just like throw in the pot or in the rice cooker is really great. Having some lentils or beans or something soaked or cooked is nice having like an onion chopped up already so I don't have to chop an extra onion. <laughs> as simple as that sounds, that is really helpful, but it's also not even necessary. You know, there have been days when we've come home and made like a full meal, like a chicken or something, and that's been fine. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other consideration was a budget. And we've realized that we're we're doing fine. Yeah. Like we're living on a pretty manageable budget, even if we treat ourselves to take out every once in a while, like once every other week or something, or, or even once a week we probably could do. Um, and we don't need to actually be quite as strict as we thought we would have to be. And then, and then, yeah, like you said, you know, in September we went to Staten Island and we had meals made for us or, you know, as part of the community there. Um, my mom cooked us a bunch of meals and put that in the freezer. That was nice. Uh, we're st I think we still have like two of those left to pull from. There were a couple bulk things that I made that then took us through, you know, like making a big stew or something for a week is helpful occasionally. But yeah, yeah it just didn't end up being... It was really helpful, I think, that we did it at the beginning, but it ended up, I think the biggest thing for me is that in order to do that big cooking prep, it requires taking an entire weekend day to do that. And I just have other things that I need to do. And I'd rather get ahead in my studio or get ahead on making thumbnails or get ahead on make, you know, doing research for our use of force episode or something like that, rather than spending the whole day making like hummus or something. Yep. Yeah. So. I mean, that's how we ended up prioritizing it. Yeah. So I think that, I don't know, is there anything further that on the walking aspect before we move on to the podcast? Um, well, there's one thing that I wanted to mention that I just thought was like a funny thing that I noticed this week where I had a new pair of shoes. I got a new pair of hokas recently. And I was a little concerned about getting new hokas because my previous pair had given me really serious blisters. Um, I wore them first on our walk in the Pacific Northwest and I got bad blisters on my heels. So I was concerned that I'd get blisters again, but I didn't get blisters. And I think that I don't get blisters anymore. I guess top, but... I I think it's yeah. possible that my feet have just somehow 
grown thicker or something or like I don't notice it like when I look at them or touch them they don't seem like gross and weird and thick but <laughs> somehow they're just not they don't seem to be affected by that friction anymore yeah it seems to be the same for my feet and also at the start of the project wore thicker socks when it rained and that was a problem and now it doesn't yeah. seem to be a problem yeah it's true so. I wore some thick socks on one of the really cold days the other day yeah it was fine. I think that if our feet were to get really wet, I think that would create some problems regardless. But mm. otherwise, it seems like that, yeah, that's gone away for some reason. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I do have like inner foot pain from time to time. Yeah. But it's, that's not even that big a deal. Yeah. Yeah. There's something going on with my left, the left front of my ankle periodically. Mm. But I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> so uh, the podcast, what we're doing right now. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. As well as the use of force um, sub podcast, mm -hmm. which is a is a audio exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. What? So if any of you that are watching this on YouTube haven't found the use of force you can find it on spotify on podbean on apple it's on every audio all those audio stuff yeah yeah and maybe one day we'll put it on youtube uh, at this point we haven't yeah i think that's a bandwidth thing i mean i would like to have it on youtube because i think it's an important part of what we're doing i think it's interesting i think it's data collection that is useful for people to have the information i think it's something that is you know it it's uh it's emotional and it can it's a connector to a whole layer of the city which is pretty dark and difficult to think about or talk about and also not really part of the city that i've ever personally experienced so i think it would be good to have it on youtube where more people are engaging with things but again it's just like that requires a whole bunch more work on our end which i think will make sense at the end of the project to sort of put it all together yeah yeah i think it will and i think maybe that'll come out a weekly thing post us doing the project not sure what form it's going to take yeah for those that are not familiar with what we're talking about the use of force sub podcast references how every week we cover a different instance of use of force, which is the police terminology for uh, deploying their firearm while in the course of, you know, serving. It's actually a, the term that re refers to the firearm, the dog, the, like any, any physical action that's taken against someone. But we specifically talk about firearm, right? Um, lethal use of firearms, yeah, that have happened over the last decade in New York City, and yeah, each week we discuss one instance that's happened along the route that we're walking that that mm -hmm, week. Mm -hmm. And I guess there are some few exceptions as well, like like the Eric Garner instance, where there was no actual firearm involved. What right. we we started with just lethal instances while carrying out the law 
and it expanded as most of these instances involve uh, you know guns but we wanted to be able to find every instance between 2010 and 2020 or 2019 yeah. that we could we tracked them all on a map and then we focused on 52 that corresponded to the route that we were on right so yeah we're now 25 weeks in on that and it has been really good i mean we certainly did not plan on doing this prior to the pandemic starting yeah. we it it came up as a result of george floyd's death and trying to think of a way to synthesize that energy into what we were doing because at the time it didn't feel like we could honestly do what we were doing without thinking about that to some degree. Yeah, and it also felt like, you know, there were so many protests, many, many protests every day for months and months, and they're still happening, but less and less. And it's getting less coverage, it's getting less media attention, there's other things that people are focused on. And I think we predicted that because that is the way that these, you know, people get excited about something, they rise up, they want to fight for it, and then either lose momentum or things don't happen the way that they want them to happen, yeah. or laws don't pass, or, you know, it was a lot of excitement uh, before there was a city council meeting that voted to do something, and then there was a lot of excitement around the election, and there's a lot, of, you know, these big moments, and then people sort of lose momentum, which is natural, but we wanted to make sure that we were holding ourselves accountable to thinking about these issues. It was really important to us, but also finding a way to engage that felt true to who we are and not just sort of, you know, not that there's any, there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with going to a protest test. I think that's great. We, you know, we, I did that a couple times too, but it doesn't really feel like genuine to how I can actually involve myself. What makes sense for me is to think about something, talk about something, find the data, try and share it, try and understand it, try and know the facts, rather than going, you know, when I go to a group event and someone else is leading and telling me what to say, that makes me feel very confused and unsure of what it is that I'm involving myself with. I like to actually know what I'm talking about. And so doing this weekly episode about a different incident, I feel like has given us um, a, just a, a different understanding of these sorts of events. Yeah, I think it was really great to be able to identify a version that made sense with what we were planning on doing and with our sensibilities of trying to understand it from our own perspective and yeah hopefully we're able to continue to do this through to the end of the project i mean it it is a meaningful addition to the bandwidth but we're it's part of the practice so we continue to do it and i think that i'm looking forward to 
the further processing of processing of it when we're done as well there where people who are hearing this i'm sure that there are people that are listening to this right now that may that might not have listened to the uh, many or any of the use of forces mm-hmm. and have drawn some sort of conclusion about what perspective we're coming from and I feel like I, I've only gained a richer and deeper understanding of this issue as a consequence. And it is not, it's not black and white. It is, it's only gotten more nuanced. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think it'll continue to grow. I mean, I think just having access to the information about these different cases or cases isn't the right word, but incidents. It's just given me a better understanding of like being able to find patterns that I've actually found myself rather than patterns that someone else has just told me existed. And some of them align completely with what other people are saying and some of them are things that I haven't really heard people talk about. So that's been interesting for me. And, and yeah, it's been a good way. I feel like it's been a good way for me to engage with this and I don't know if I have all the right words for this thought but you know these issues of social justice and um, sort of making political change for equality of all people and uh, thinking about levels of privilege and levels of or just different experiences it feels so like it can really be all-consuming and I think if we had thought to do this series of the use of force I think we easily could have spent the entire year just focusing on that and I think that would be valid and important and a great uh, thing for someone to do. But I also think that by not just focusing on that and, you know, it's really heavy. And so we do give time each week to think about these heavy issues, but we're not spending our every single day all day feeling heavy and thinking about the whole weight of the world and the whole weight of these issues and thinking that we as individuals have to solve them. Right. And I think there's a real, I mean, for me personally, I think there's a real benefit to having it be something that I think about, but not having it be something that I think about all the time, every day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really compelling point. I remember in 2016 when there was the Women's March, which we may have talked about in this podcast at some point, our enthusiasm at being able to follow a plan that they were looking to put out. There was this idea, it was going to like, I don't know, it was 20 actions and 20 days. It was yeah. X number of actions in X number of days mm-hmm, or, or mm-hmm. 10 actions in 100 days or something like it was that. Something like that, yeah. You know, and they sent out the first couple. We hosted a screening of 13th mm-hmm. in this room. Yeah, we did. With a bunch of strangers came yeah. and watched the movie with us. 
and then the emails started not arriving anymore. Yeah. And it was unclear if they were being lost in spam or we were just not getting them. Jesse was getting some, I was not I was getting others and I bring this up because at the time it was like, well, you can't just like quit your job and like figure out like it didn't feel like that was the thing for me to do at that time. I guess I quit my job now 4 years later, but <laughs> Like I wanted to find a way to engage it at a pace that made sense with the current lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That particular thing did not work out. And now instead of going the organizational route, we're trying at our own level to find something that's like, okay, well, what is a pace with what, where our lives are right now? And I think that is it. It's not total, it's not total dedication. And if I'm not thinking about it, I'm not doing the right thing and it's not I'm totally turning this part of my brain off yeah I, I think it's more toward of the two things it's more toward the I can't not think about this does that make sense like it's yeah. it's more towards the uh, you know res, you know keeping it a part of our mind than turning it off yeah and I think there's you know I think because we're even touching on these difficult issues at all, there's a level of like, I know how important this is. I know how important this is outside of myself. I recognize that some of the other things we're doing are more joyful and silly and superficial, I guess. And I do sometimes start to think like, well, should we even be doing those things? Shouldn't we be sort of focusing and honoring this stuff that's so much more important. And then I remember like, no, we do need to keep doing those things too. And it's, it's a practice in holding different thoughts at once and thinking about different things at once. And that's the experience of life. Like we can't possibly go through life only focusing on one part of life mm -hmm. whether it, you know it being something that's challenging and needs to get fixed or something that's joyful like you can't just pick one element and focus on that for your whole yeah well the duration experience. i think the duration is important we're we're walking five marathons a week for a year yeah. not indefinitely yes so to be able to say this is the time to do this and to have different ratios and, and different durations in mind is, is what the thing is. Yeah, but even within this project, I feel like we aren't, we are holding all these different things. Like we're, we're walking 26.2 miles around this city that has millions of different elements that we could focus on. And we're trying to grab the ones that stick out to us and really like honor them all honestly. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there's the stuff that's really challenging and then there's the stuff that's really joyful and then there's a lot of things in between and that's just what this city is and that's just what a life experience is. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. Yes. <laughs> But it's a lesson that I feel like I've had to learn, and I think it's a lesson that 
I've had to learn myself because I don't think that it's something that people encourage. I think it's, I think especially when there's challenges, I mean, we're living through a really challenging time right now. There's COVID, there's police brutality, there's inequality, there's a president that doesn't want to give up his seat that we're fighting against, you know, like there's all this shit going on. And it's sometimes I feel like people want to make us or make anyone feel bad for being happy. And I think it's really important to find ways to be happy and enjoy our lives while still recognizing that that's not where everyone's at and that there's a lot of shit going on in the world that is troubling for people and that we can spend time thinking about that and we should spend time thinking about that because we share this world with all these other people that have no choice but to think about that every day. Mm -hmm. But that just because other people are struggling doesn't mean that we should take away our own joy mm -hmm. and that we should also experiencing, experience that and like experience that for people that can't right now. Mm -hmm. So really having the balance and yeah, I mean, I don't know, someone might hear me say that and be like, oh, shut up. Like <laughs> that is, maybe that is my privileged speaking or something, but I, yeah, I would think I'd fight, I think I'd fight back against that. I think I'd say I'm aware that like, I'm in a good position that I'm able to be doing all of this, but that doesn't mean that just because I'm aware of that doesn't mean that I shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe I'm going off on a tangent thinking no, about this, but. <laughs> That's good. Do, is there anything else you want to add to it? No, I don't think so. So what about the podcast at large? Yeah, so the podcast at large, um, I did not want to do this when we first, <laughs> remember? When yeah, we I'm, I'm aware. <laughs> when we first planned this project, I didn't want to do it because I thought you it was going to be. You were patronizing me a little bit. Was I? Well, oh, I'm sorry. maybe that's a little too extreme. You were placating. You were, you were like, okay, whatever. Well, I think I, I thought it was going to be a lot of work, which it is, and it's mostly a lot of work for you, Mike. And, but, we, but it's work for me, too, to sit here and yeah. think about what we're going to talk about. But I think it's really, I think it's really great that we're doing it, and I think it's, I'm appreciative that you pushed for us to include this, because I don't think I could see ahead enough to realize how important it is to just, like, talk about what we're doing each mm -hmm. week yeah because i can't remember what we did 20 weeks ago right and i don't have like you've been writing every day i have not been writing every day mm -hmm. <laughs> and this is such a good way to just kind of keep a diary yeah and i also feel like it's been cool practice to record and try to cut out the likes and ums and uhs and what's and, uh, and all the weird in between fillers and just get better at speaking, yeah. hopefully run better, I don't know. And I think the ums, I've, I've stopped cutting out the ums, but I also think that the ums that we're doing are less distracting now. Mm. It seems as though maybe some of the times we would have been pausing and using ums have gone away or enough to make it less challenging to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think we've gotten better at just talking. Yeah. And I also think that now, especially it didn't it really didn't take very long 
as far as trying to not think about saying um Mm -hmm. that you can get rid of it pretty easily so like if we ever needed to if we ever wanted to do it less then we would be doing it less sure so also i was just about to say so is one that like i'm not sure how to get rid of that one to say so like when when i'm ready to change topics to something else so is the word that I use, mm. but I'm, I don't know if there's a way to eliminate, because I think so signifies to people that are listening and people that are talking, that's like, we're going to change topics now. Right. Whereas if I eliminate the so, then it is harder to do that. Do you not like it? I don't know if it's a verbal tick or not, or if because I'm editing all of it every time it, it seems like three out of four times that there's a, a segment a video segment it starts with so do i do that too no i don't i mean what maybe do I you say? do i don't know i think that i don't know i think you do it more organically because you're just changing your topic based on whatever you're thinking at the time i feel like a lot of the times i'm trying to you know because i'm thinking about what the edit looks like you're steering the train i'm like okay, we need to move because we only have, like, we only have 15 minutes left until we reach an hour and a half in this. Oh. And then, (laughs) so I start thinking about how we want to dictate, as I just said, so. Right. We want to start thinking about how to dictate the terms of the conversation because I know there are things I want to hear from you or I want to hear from the guest. Right. Or, you know, I just want to get to a bunch of stuff. And I think that's just a consequence. It's not like... I think that's just a consequence of knowing that I have to do all the work afterwards. Right. Well, I think it's probably fine, but I you're also a writer, so if you wanted to just get some words, you could probably just pepper them in. When you feel yourself being about to say so, you could say, and here we are with this qu- next question I have, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that feels very organic. <laughs> it feels better, right? Here now is a new topic <laughs> for us to enjoy. Anyway. Anyway, I was trying to, like, don't say so. I know. I saw it in your face. Yeah. uh, I think that the podcast is going well. I think I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed having guests on. I've enjoyed not having guests on. It would be great to have someone to edit the podcast for us. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. But that is not a thing that will be happening in the immediate future. And I don't, I, I mean, I feel a sense of accomplishment with every time we get it done. And it's nice to feel the decompression on the Monday and Tuesdays of the week when we're just walking and mm-hmm. not doing a ton of extracurriculars. Wednesday, everything starts speeding up or spinning up rather. Right. Capturing the 360 and then editing the video the next day. And then somewhere between Friday and Saturday, we're typically recording the podcast. And, and then Sunday and into Monday, we're, you know. Hopefully not Mondays, but, you know, just getting everything out and ready. So, I mean, you know, we mentioned 50 hours of walking. There's probably 20 hours of editing as well. Yeah. For the video and the podcast, I mean, and you can throw in, like, Instagram stuff too. But, yeah, I mean, I would, 
it would be an ideal scenario for us to have somebody that could like handle all the post-processing on it. Yeah, but maybe putting that out there into the world, maybe somebody will come along. Maybe. I also don't know if I would feel, I mean, it would also be an exercise in like letting go of that too at this point. Yeah, so. yeah, which is great practice. I mean, we, I feel like during this time, this is a little bit of a aside, but we did hire someone to help us with outreach, Teresa. Mm -hmm. She was great. She just got a full-time job recently, but she was with us for two months and really helped so much as far as connecting us with people, doing, and that was particularly something that we wanted to do, but then never fit it into our schedules. So it'd be different. Like right now you are editing already. So this would be lifting something off of your plate to give you time to do something else, even if it's just to rest or something. But having the help, it's really, it's just so worth it for so many different reasons. I mean, it gives, it obviously it takes something off of our plate. Also, if it's someone that we like and get along with it's a really fun to have someone else engaged in a way that is involved you know and giving giving us ideas giving them ideas for whatever however they use them in their own lives and just connecting with someone on that level was really fun yeah and i think it it could be something that could happen with the editing yeah. I mean, it was kind of part of the plan before the pandemic to have somebody yeah, helping with true. that. Just didn't work out. Didn't. So we'll see how it moves forward. Right now, I'm not worried about that happening. It's more just the complexity of at some point we'll have two guests on as opposed to just one guest and how that will work with the equipment we have. And it, I guess it's just challenging in a way that it for anything that is film or audio related for me personally I know that there is always another tier of quality mm -hmm. that can be hit and it's frustrating to me because I can identify quality issues fairly well but not always know how to improve the quality to where yeah. I want to because either because I don't have the experience or I don't have the time to research to get to that next level. Whereas something like writing, there is, I mean, there is a form of um, tech there when, you know, it takes the place in the form of grammar, mm -hmm. but I don't care if I'm not grammatically correct if I'm if I feel like I'm communicating what I need to it doesn't bother me if it's not grammatically correct right and but like weirdly it would have the same effect on people consuming it I think like if there's somebody that has a very strong grasp of grammar and then they're reading something that is not grammatically correct it bothers them as the same as somebody that's in tune with audio performance and hear something that's not audio correct. Well, it's kind of the same as like in textiles where if you're really aware of like weave structures and you see something that has a mistake in a plane weave or something or you know, I mean, that would be really bad, but 
um, in, <laughs> in an overshot or something. Uh, what a disaster. Just in case people know. Um, <laughs> uh, or, you know, in like in dying, if you're aware of how to do something the right way and then you see that it's done really incorrectly, there's a level with all of these creative endeavors, there's a level where it's a problem because you're like, I don't think that person knows what they're doing. And then there's a level where it's not a problem because you're like, I know that that person knows what they're doing because they did it so wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. it's very it's very clearly that it's like intentional yeah, and that it makes it right aesthetically yeah. or it gives it that right vibe yeah. because it's done wrong yeah, as opposed to like it's just a mistake and yeah. they don't know any better. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how that I don't know how to relate that back actually to the podcast, I guess you're in the phase right now where there are some things where you don't know how to do it. But I think I wouldn't even say because you're so aware and attuned to those things, I would think that I don't think it comes across as like, oh, this person's sloppy or like made a mistake. I think it's just, you know, that you would like to have the tools to level up at some point. Yeah. I mean, the the standard has to be is this at a quality level where it's not distracting? And I, it's most of the time it's not there at this yeah. point. And then just it's have not to, distracting. Yeah, it is at the quality level. It, yeah, yeah. It, we're, and then from there it just has to be. You just have to treat it like you would treat any other act of creation, which is this is what the person was capable of at that time yeah and then it's just then it's a document it's not an error yeah so yeah so that's where we are and we will see how it goes over the second half i think we should squeeze in the clothing before we uh we adjourn yeah let's squeeze it in i wore my union jacket nice because we mentioned it at the beginning. We mentioned it at the beginning of the season, too. But I don't think we really got a ton of time to talk about it. So I just wanted to pepper it in at least one more time. Yeah. Um, that is an element of our clothing that we're wearing once a week. We each represent a union mm -hmm. that, you know, gives us the opportunity to think about and talk about when it comes up with people the idea of labor and, and fair labor and fair labor practices and yeah, so I wore my Yeah, the United Other Workers. That's it. <laughs> I I would have worn mine if we We didn't talk about we, it. I just we collaborated it on. on that. Yeah. yeah. The clothing has been, I would say, fairly successful as far as getting people to engage. The Fall clothing was interesting because somewhere between half and two-thirds through, I think it revealed itself as fall clothing, which is to say fall clothing can be very temperamental. Mm -hmm. And like jacket, fall jackets are, you know, some of the most fun clothing that really only work for six weeks if in that, the fall and, in New York, and six yeah. weeks in the spring maybe. Yeah. So we have 
we have increasingly transitioned more to the winter clothes mm -hmm. while we are taking the photographs for the winter website and juggling a lot of balls, which circling back to earlier is why we feel like we're still in this catch up mode. This is the last time we'll have to take pictures of our clothing because mm -hmm. we actually had everything ready for spring because we were planning on starting the project in spring. Yeah. Obviously that didn't happen. So that'll be nice to have everything uh, wrapped up. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we still have a, f a few more days of that and we'll see how putting those clothes out into the world picture-wise matches up with what our initial intended timeline was. We'll yeah, see. I think it'll work out. Yeah. But yeah, I think having all of our clothing for the entire year planned out ahead of time was major good move. <laughs> it's been uh, to, to be able to just transition into winter clothes, even though it is that extra added step of having to take photos and I know we're, I'm going to have to edit those and get them on the website and everything. It's just like not having to figure out what the winter clothes are and just trust what we already decided a year ago has been nice. And then when it started getting cold and we were searching for, oh gosh, what jackets can we wear? You know, having already a pile of five jackets for the winter and being able to just pick one to use for the fall, for the end of fall, that was easy. Yeah. And yeah, I think when we first planned the clothes, I had a little bit more of a strict vision in my mind of needing to wear just these summer clothes every day in the summer, just these fall clothes every day in the fall and so on. And that first week of fall when a couple days were still 80 degrees or something mm -hmm. and I had no choice but to wear some of my summer clothes again, Yeah, I think that's when I realized that there's a level of flexibility there yeah. that I hadn't really given myself before. And that's been really nice to find too. It's still a uniform and it's still like this, it's almost like the capsule collection, closet, capsule closet collection, mm -hmm. <laughs> as opposed to like super strict uniforms for each day of the week. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I that's how I've been going with it now yeah. for the past few weeks in the winter just or the the late fall it hasn't been plausible to wear a lot of what we set out to wear but we certainly did wear them at some point and those yeah. were the clothes that were chosen for the season yeah and so i think it's yeah it's like any other aspect of the project like for instance circling back to the walking real quick we have all these routes, they're 26.2 miles, and depending on the week, we may alter them. It's an ambition to walk the entirety of the route uh, one day, mm -hmm. at least, and it's an ambition to see every aspect of that route. But the real barometer is the pedometer yeah. at this point, <laughs> making sure that we're at 26.2 miles at the end of the day. And then making sure that the theme is represented in the podcast and in our thoughts is kind of the second priority. Yeah. And then after that, it is more important to see areas that maybe, you know, sometimes because we're using Google every time, Google 
likes to give you on the same route, the mm -hmm. fastest route. And we have altered the routes accordingly. That was something that was planned for in advance, but there's still some repetition there. And also the Google routes that we have fall apart on the phones, so we're using uh, screenshots of the routes. Mm -hmm. And so there's just there's all sorts of variation that occur as a consequence. And at first that was troubling, but now it's, I mean, just found whatever the, the water level was as far as what feels like high integrity. Yeah, well, I think it was, it's been really helpful that we kind of, in all of these elements actually, gave ourselves like really, really strict guidelines. And then as we've gone, have been able to test breaking a couple of those guidelines. But we still have like the perimeter, like we're still, we've like fenced ourselves in so many times that we've like kind of broken down some of the inner fences yeah. to give ourselves more freedom to play. But we still have like 10 fences around us. Right. So we're still really safe within the guidelines. We're not breaking out of the project. We're just kind of figuring out how they all intertwine and like which ones are actually the most important and which ones aren't. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's a master philosophy for me as far as creation. Yeah. And just, just setting out about a task of, of significance, which I think that structure is useful. I think a lot of, and there's there's obviously no wrong answer here, but my observation for myself and when I'm involved in larger projects with people is that the perspective of, okay, we're, we're going to keep things loose because we don't want to be restrained. Yeah. Ends up creating... Confusion. It just It's just not a great place to, to work from. Whereas if you give structure and then you know, make exceptions, you have a, a just an inherently tighter product at the end. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think that that's, I, I'm happy that we are collaborating on this and that you were strong about that because I think my inclination is usually to leave things loose yeah. and to have a lot of room for play. Yeah. And I feel very like suffocated very easily. Mm -hmm. But I think that getting I think it's re I think it is really helpful and I think it's the reason why like in my other work I like to work with people mm -hmm. that give me constraints and mm -hmm. I like to play within that but when I give myself constraints I end up feeling like overwhelmed and like I need to break through them quickly so it's been really nice to have this structure that we've chosen and then yeah and then to realize that within that there is some room for play I feel like it's broken down my fear of structure in mm. general mm -hmm. to like actually do this and see how it works. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as that relates to the clothes, you know, we've had the structure of the outfits, the 20 outfits. We document the 20 outfits. We wear the 20 outfits. And then based on weather, mostly, yeah, that is when we create variation in order to survive right. out, out yeah. in the world. And then there's also the uh, creation of clothing that we are rolling out mm -hmm. at our pace. Yeah. We had the first uh, clothing sale of the dichotities. Yeah, that just and happened. thank you to everyone that 
thanks to those involved that purchased. Involved in that and yeah. got some dichotities. They're on their way. Yeah. So we're in the process of making those. We have some other apparel that will be coming out in the early winter, mm -hmm. which I guess we'll talk about when we transition to there. Yeah. And, you know, the how that has changed from the start of the project. I mean, we intended to have events, which it almost seems impossible to conceive of doing events now, but it would have, it just would have happened if that was <laughs> like, if we had maintained the structure for that the whole time, then it just would have been a, another part of the structure. So, yeah, I mean, it, it seems impossible now, not only because of timeline, but also like because of COVID, because we're not yeah. able to have events. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, you know, we also would have been having more walking events and probably having more people joining us on the regular. Yeah. And I mean, I was thinking about it this week. We're in Manhattan, which in my mind, I was like, December in Manhattan will be great. Everyone will be there. Everyone will just join us when they get out of work. They're going to want to go Christmas shopping. We'll walk them to the store. And it's like, I don't know anyone like the other day, one of our friends was in Manhattan at the same time and we didn't even we were on like we were uptown. They were downtown, but we were so excited that we were just on the island at the same time because it's like it's just not happening anymore. Yeah, well, that's ironic because I remember in the summer you thinking, I don't want to be in Manhattan in December. That's when the surge <laughs> is going to happen and I don't want to be there. Don't make me go on a train. I won't go it. I won't do it. Yeah. Won't, and, you know, somewhere in between. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not crowded. Nobody's there. No. No, there. Well, there are some people around Rockefeller Center. In that Center. one, there's like that one block yeah. in front of the tree. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the events were intended to be where we were going to sell the clothes. Right. We have not done that, obviously. Yeah. We are doing it online and we're doing it at the pace that makes sense. I mean, it's not a requirement for us to sell them. It was never intended to be a requirement for us to sell them for some sort of livelihood situation. Yeah. If that is something that it builds into, that will be interesting. There's a whole lot of steps between then and now, but we wanted to do this because we've had the idea for the dichotities for multiple years, but also it felt like a good way to have the further conversation about what it is between finding clothing that are secondhand or made ethically, made in a way where you can trace their origins versus the functional necessity of having to walk 26 miles a day and being able to sell items at a price that makes sense and is transparent allows us to have that conversation. Right. And I think that's cool. Yeah, I think that's a cool conversation to have. And I also think I think what I was excited about with selling at an event was that I think we'd be able to also have had more of a dialogue about the design and the sentiment that are on each shirt. Yeah. And I feel like that hasn't happened quite as much as I would have liked if we were able to do it in person. Um, but it has happened a little bit, and I look forward to our delivery day because I think we'll be able to have those conversations when we actually deliver the items yeah. to the people that wanted them. Yeah. Yeah, so that's an ongoing thing, and I'm happy with how it's going so far. Me too. 
Well, thanks so much as always for uh, joining us. We hope you enjoyed our half project recap. If this is the first time you're listening, uh, please subscribe, like, share. We'd really appreciate that. I'd like to see this go where it can go. Yeah, we're halfway through. We still have six months left. Yeah, six months to go so. into the winter in 2021. Ooh. Yeah, but until next time, take care. Bye. Bye.